Welcome back. Good to have you here again. Listen to our podcast about cars that we talk about. Uh, we love having you. Uh, just a couple of dorks, but grateful you're here. Jimmy, how are you doing today? Doing great. Other than uh, got a couple corrections to make from last week. Feel kind of bad about it because just pulling things out of my memory and it's not what it used to be. Decided to go online and correct myself here. So thought I'd share those things with you. Last week we talked about the uh, Cyclone versus the Ferrari, the GMC Cyclone versus the Ferrari. And it wasn't Road and Track Magazine. It was actually Car and Driver Magazine. And that was the September 1991 issue. The Cyclone actually had a shotgun in the gun rack and the Ferrari had an umbrella it had a gun rack on it, but it had a, it's the one that had the umbrella. It was actually a Ferrari 348 TS. Just to throw it out here, car and driver, when they tested them, the Cyclone had a zero to 60 time of 5.3 seconds. And the Ferrari 348 TS had a zero to 60 time of six seconds. I decided since I you know, we have to do this correction. I thought I would throw in a, a, a little added value here. And I went on Haggerty's website and I looked up the current values uh, of both of those vehicles. And so from Haggerty's website, 1991 Ferrari 348 TS in number two condition is worth $95,000. A 1991 GMC Cyclone in number two condition is valued at $38,300. I would say, even after seeing all that, I'd still rather have the Cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. How about you? I would also imagine that if you, you know, are looking for that Ferrari, it's probably pretty difficult to find a gun rack for that thing. I would imagine, yeah. They, it probably took some work to get that going. For your listeners that are interested in it, you got to peek at that article. There's a lot of sound effects described in the article. Some womp womps, and it's interesting. It's an early 90s article for sure, but kind of cool, worth a read. I have corrections too. It was actually the left handlebar that my brother got his hands pinched in. He reminded me of that after he listened to the podcast. Yeah, he still has no use of that hand. <laughs> he does. I'm kidding. All right, Jimmy, what are you looking at this week? What auctions are you looking at? A couple of auctions off of Bring a Trailer. The first one is a 1955 Chevy Corvette. 265 three-speed in a very 50s color of harvest gold and it has a green convertible top very interesting color combination I would go so far as to say that the green is probably the grandfather of nephrite green <laughs> also over gold right yes it's a very 50s color combination it's definitely worth a look I think it had less than a day to go, as I recall, and it was sitting at about $55,000. But very, very pretty car. Very interesting color combination. Nice. What else? Uh, and then the second one that I was looking at was, these are just so cool. Uh, this one deserves a long look. 1962 Amphicar Model 770 in Fjord Green. The thing I liked about this one, a lot of comments, well worth reading. In the pictures, one of the pictures has a picture of an oar. <laughs> so it comes with a single oar, and it's very short. So I'm not sure what you would do with that if you were actually in need of an oar. But anyway, you have to check that one out. A couple things from the actual comment section on the car. But by the way, it's a very well-presented, beautiful car. What I got from the comments, there was an article. Somebody linked to an article 
There were about 4,500 of them produced from 1962 to 1967. And in 1978, uh, Howard Singer of La Jolla drove from Long Beach to Avalon and Catalina Island. And it took him from 7.30 in the morning till 3.15 in the afternoon. That's so crazy. 26 miles, yeah. <laughs> My wife and I and kids, we've taken that trip to Catalina from Dana Point. And on one of those trips, it was crazy rough seas. He would not have made it in the amphi car in that day. It was, it was, I loved it. People were not doing well on that crossing, though. That same article showed somebody in the harbor being told by police and having to bail water out of the, another amphi car is another, <laughs> another example. So he got lucky. Yeah, just cool, really cool. Uh, the whole comment section, the links and everything else, it's definitely worth a look. And boy, the car is just, just sharp. Or the boat. Are we talking about a boat or car? Don't, we don't know. know. No one knows. I mean, we're sticking with green for some reason in this program. I, I've got a 93 GMC Vandura 2500 Starcraft SL Brome. And I, you know, I don't know how you say that word, but I think Brome is correct. Some people say Broham. It's a horribly tufted seat van from the early 90s. And I, this one's green with silver accents and tan interior. My grandparents had one of these, and they lived in Vegas, Las Vegas. And there was a time when they were driving through southern Utah, through that corner of Arizona in this van. And there's plenty of signs that say, you know, dangerous crosswinds. And my granddad was making one of the corners through the canyon there, and the van blew over, landed on its side. Everyone was safe. That's why I'm giggling at it. But I think a couple of my cousins that were with them, they, it ruined them for life. They wouldn't ride with Grandpa anymore. <laughs> uh, so that auction caught my eye because I remember that, that van. We used to ride in that all the time with them. Did that van come with that disintegrating smell on the inside? You know, where the interior is just disintegrate. You know what I mean? That GM smell. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, that, like I can almost smell it as you're describing the van. Well, it's because of all the fabric on the interior. There was curtains. Yeah. They were. It was. They made those things just crazy, crazy <laughs> weird with all that extra curtains and tufted cushion seats. <laughs> they were comfortable to sleep in, in the back when Grandpa was driving. As long as the wind didn't blow it over, it was great. It's like you have a good wind, yeah. <laughs> and the next one for me that I'm going to keep an eye on is a 2014 Porsche 911 50th anniversary. This is in a color called Geyser Gray. It's a little different than the chalk color that they have out now, but it's also got the houndtooth seats and the X51 power package. Uh, the only thing it's missing in this car is a manual transmission. This car has the Fuchs-style wheels on them, more modernized. Just a perfect car for me. I would love to have this car, but I will not be bidding on this one. I, I, this will be way too out of my reach, but it's a beautiful car. Okay, speaking of beautiful cars, Jimmy, I thought we would talk a little bit about car design today and some of the stuff that, as we get into this, you and I are going to share some of the cars that we would secretly want to own but not want to tell anybody <laughs> starting at my there was a my, my father-in-law again he had this um chrysler new yorker from probably 1977 somewhere in that range and i remember trying to walk around this car and i had to stop with a camp chair and a bag of beef jerky to get all the way around because i wouldn't have the energy to make it <laughs> the, this this car is 19 feet 
long, 19 feet, three inches. So to convert that to metric for Jimmy, that would then <laughs> Walt also, that would be the same as 19 two liter bottles. Cause they're about a foot long. So if you had 19 <laughs> just to go down the side, it's crazy how big this thing is. I can picture it now. What? Yeah. You can picture the length now. Yeah. I can see it now. <laughs> yeah. I always want to help Walt out as well, but this car I remember when he owned this thing, it was green on the exterior and the interior was also green. And it looked like the seats looked and felt like a ripe avocado. It's a weird texture. <laughs> it was crazy. When I, I remember looking at this car one day when, when he was driving and I just, I wondered like, who's the designer of this car? Like who stepped back from the drawing board with a 19 foot four door car and said, <laughs> man. Man, we nailed that. That's a beaut. <laughs> Are you sure it's that? Or uh, again, another case of, you know, hey, we're going to lunch. Yeah, I think I'll go. <laughs> yeah, let me finish this real quick. Yeah. I mean, 19 feet. 19 yeah. feet long. That's long. <laughs> Crazy. You know, so that being said, I started thinking about some of the other cars that are really beautiful. And then you and I decided we would figure out which cars we would secretly like to own, but not wouldn't want to tell anybody we owned one. What's your first one, Jimmy? Well, the one that I would really like, and, and I guess I was driving to work the other day and saw kind of a younger man driving one and was impressed. It, it would be a late 80s Buick Riata. And I guess that stems from the fact that my dad had an 85 Buick Regal, and somewhere in the whole shuffle, I got one of the brochures. Nice. Coming soon, the Buick Riata. It had that digital dash from the 80s, you know, that just looked futuristic, which obviously uh, didn't age well. Or I should say defines the era, right? Maybe that's a better, polite way of saying it. But it just reeks late 80s. Yeah, that would that would top my list. I just see those Riatas, and you don't see them that often. That's one that I would drive and have and really wouldn't want too many people to know that. Yeah, well, and I'm going to say that I think your desire is misplaced. You, I think you should be looking more toward the Regal that your dad had because I think certain years of those have like the solid brake light across the back. So at night, it looked like the Millennium Falcon driving away. It might have. This one didn't have that. It had two separate. That's a bummer. Uh, our buddy Gillespie had one of those in, in school, but it had the Millennium Falcon lights. Yeah. He had a later model one. I can't remember what it was. It was. It wasn't a Regal. It was something else. I'm trying to remember. It might have been a La Sabra or uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> That's. I. I can't remember exactly. All right, my first one that I would like to own that I'm embarrassed to say I would comes from a movie from like 1989. A Stallone movie. It was a terrible movie. It's called Tango and Cash, and he drove a Cadillac Alante. And I think I'm mispronouncing that because the Alante has the accent over the E. So it's Alante. You have to put the emphasis on the final vowel there. <laughs> I don't know why, but ever since I saw that movie, I'm like, that's the greatest car ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was looking at these, and I, I found I didn't know this until I was reading up on them. Actually, Pininfarina designed the body of this car. And they would fly them over on a specially equipped 747 so they could marry the body to the chassis in Detroit. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. 
And maybe that's why I thought it was cool because I've always liked the old Alphas that are in Ferraris and all the ones, you know, some of these older cars that have been designed by Pininfarina. They did that to eat, each body flew over on a plane and then... Yes. I'm sure the 747, they could fit several of them in there. I don't... Yeah, but wow. And then, of course, you know, Tango and Cash drove one in, in a great movie. <laughs> Inspired. And the interior in these things are crazy. They've got just this long vertical... A section of the dashboard to the right of the driver that has just an enormous amount of buttons. I don't know what was going on in the late 80s, early 90s in GM products, but there was a button for everything. And in this section down toward the bottom, they had an individual CD player and then below that, an individual cassette player. So it's just stacks upon stacks of stuff to do while you're driving. So that's why there were so many accidents in the olden days. People are trying to figure out how to turn their radio. You're on. fumbling with it. Wait, wait a minute. Did I have that on? Did I have that on CD or cassette? I can't remember. Wait a minute. Where is it? <laughs> Too many choices. Too many choices. Yeah. All right. Here's my other one. And I don't. Again, we were a, a Pontiac family for a while in our in our household. My brother had a Pontiac Grand Prix, the two door version. The one that I always wanted was the Pontiac Bonneville. S-S-E-I. Again, this is a huge car. Long, ugly four-door. But the reason I wanted that one is it was a supercharged car with a 3.8 liter Series 2 V6 pumping out a full 240 horsepower. There was one that sold, uh, I'm bringing a trailer, it was a 1995, had 63,000 miles, sold for $6,200. So I had a chance, I should have picked it up, this was a, man, it's all a green day. What is it? After Thanksgiving? You'd think it was St. Patrick's Day because this one that sold was a dark green metallic with gold basket weaves. And in 1995, this had a heads-up display. Wow, that's impressive. It is. And more interior buttons than... Than an Elante? More than the Elante, yes. That is impressive. Well, this is the, yeah, this is the way Pontiac set it up. My brother, in his Grand Prix... This was before the Lemon Law and the Buyback Law. He had so much trouble with that car. Because if you get a chance, you ought to Google the Pontiac Grand Prix steering wheel. Where the horn or the airbag would be now is a section of buttons. And it has the craziest buttons on there. It has the balance and the fader. Two different ones. Left, right, front, and back across the bottom. Why are you going to need that when you're driving? Those are things you're going to adjust constantly. Yeah. <laughs> What are you going to have like a passenger in the back? Like, I can't hear that. So, oh, let me fix that. I'll just, instead of turning it up, I'll just shove I'll, the speaker I'll, at you. I'll it back to you there. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. Hang on a minute. And the other thing is, what are you going to do? I mean, the speakers in those things in the late 80s, early 90s were terrible anyway. <laughs> so you're just pumping static back to your friend. I hope you enjoy that. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, he had so many problems with that car. Again, it wasn't a buyback, but he had to trade it in at a huge loss because it just w had the digital dash. You know, sometimes they would be driving, nothing would work. It would just shut down. It was crazy. I felt so bad for him. He hated that car. We had a 96 Grand Prix, a four-door, and it seemed like right as it got out of warranty, the transmission went out. I say it went out, but it would only go in forward. And I found that out when I pulled in somebody's driveway and I actually had to drive through the yard to get home but I don't know through some magic I had an uncle that 
had some friends at a dealership and they ended up, it got fixed. I'll put it that way. Some stuff happened and it got fixed. Yeah, my, my brother, he just had to dump it. Yeah. He just unloaded it. And to this day, he doesn't really, he doesn't favor cars like I do. He doesn't care. That, a, that probably burned him, didn't it? <laughs> I think so. I think it ruined yeah. him. You know, his is a transportation thing, point A to point B. And, you know, he has nice cars, but he just doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't think about them like I do. I can tell you that. <laughs> Lucky guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it could also started when his fingers got smashed in that ATV accident. I mean, that <laughs> That's why he couldn't couldn't reach those buttons. (laughs) Yeah, he's exactly right. All these buttons and no hand to touch them with. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Wearing that cast, he pushed all eight of them at the same time. (laughs) You know, if I had a chance, I wouldn't buy the Pontiac. I probably would buy a Cadillac Elante. I just wouldn't tell anybody. I don't know what I'd do with it. You would buy the Elante and I would buy the Riata and then we'd just go racing. That's right. I'm sure they were great. Off-road. Great track cars, I'm sure. <laughs> Off-roading. <laughs> Something. There was, a, there was a time in high school that, you know, we lived in a small town and every, every homecoming, the seniors would try to find an old car and put it in the parade. This was a year after year after year event. People just did it. And I somehow wandered upon a 1965 Plymouth Belvedere sedan, and I, I bought it for $65, <laughs> and the car had super low miles. So we did the right thing with that car, and we cut the top out of it. Nice. So we had the whole open top. We would take it off-road. Plenty of people hit their heads on the cutout part, and we had a lot of, a lot of big gashes in the forehead. <laughs> so we had to wrap that area <laughs> around the front seat with some foam and duct tape noodle. so people wouldn't get injured. <laughs> and there was a there was a part from our high school along a fence that led from the parking lot of the high school. You could cut through this dirt trail that people had driven in to get to another main road. And if you didn't want to do the cut through, it was maybe four blocks to make a, a square to get to where you wanted to go. And people didn't want to take their time, so they just did the cut through. But this is an area that snowed and was wet and muddy all the time, and it got rutted, and there were big potholes and you know sinkholes and stuff. And in when it was summertime or you know fall time, when we were still in school, about the time of homecoming, there was no snow on the ground, and this area was just barren dirt with hoops and bumps and all kinds of stuff and sagebrush and rocks. And we used to take that. Plymouth Belvedere and just tear it through there and just see how fast we could go. And I always felt super guilty about this. There was a young kid that, I mean, this is an estate where you get your driver's license at 14. This kid was busting through there and his mom's, I don't even know what kind of car it was, Pontiac of some sort. And he hit one of those rocks and it ripped the entire front tire from the axle. Everything came with it. The only thing holding this wheel on was the brake cable. Oh, and we, we, we came we came busting by. He's crying. So we stopped to see what was up. And you know we couldn't see it because we went around the left side and he tore off the, the right front wheel. And we pull over to see if we could help. And he's standing there crying. 
He said, my mom's going to kill me. And I looked at his tire and I said, yeah, she is. <laughs> and then we just got in the car and drove away. Because you can't, you can't how can you that. help? Yeah. You can't do anything. That's like uh, I still feel bad all about those that, 80s though. B movies where they get into a situation like that. And then they find some crotchety old mechanic that's actually up at 10 o'clock at night. And he fixes it by 8 the next morning somehow. It's never happened. That's what he needed. He needed that. That's in every 80s B movie, but that, that, that never in real life. Wow. Poor kid. So <laughs> if you're out there listening, I'm sorry. But let's be honest. I mean, there's nothing you could do. <laughs> no, nothing you can do about it at all. You just, just got to move on with your own life and your own Plymouth Belvedere. <laughs> so I would probably secretly own a Plymouth Belvedere too. That was a great car. <laughs> Get another. It was robust. Yeah. And we found out that the, the radio would kick on at about 80 miles an hour. <laughs> It didn't work before that. Well, I mean, I own another uh, 1975 Maverick four-door, but I'm not embarrassed about it. I would proudly own one of those, so it doesn't really make that list. The Maverick, that I'd be embarrassed for you, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving or had a great Thanksgiving, depending on when you listen to this. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Did you get your squash buckler put in? No, no, no. That, that's my Thanksgiving plan is to sit there with a leftover turkey sandwich and a, a hammer and hammer the welch plug in and then replace the oil seal. So that's going to be my Thanksgiving plan. That'll be great. Well, I look forward to hearing all about it. <laughs> We're grateful again. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to us at glwtapodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on the show and talk about your car that you bought at an auction. Any of these auctions, P-Car Marketplace, Bring a Trailer, Awesome Joe's auctions and more, cars and bids, marked. There's a ton of them. Love to have you on. Thanks for listening. <laughs>